right, back again. Dalton here with Corey for another episode of the Soccer Academy. A lot of soccer happened in this lot, uh, last week, but a lot to get to. Um, and we also have a great interview that we had, Corey. Um, I know I really enjoyed it about MLS season upcoming. How about yourself? Yeah, it was a great interview. We had a good time and learned a lot. I think people will really enjoy it, and hopefully, uh, people can people will watch maybe get interested in MLS this year because of it. Yeah, I think so. I think he uh, made a compelling case to watch it. I know he got me a little more excited too. So I think, yeah, I think he did. So let's just jump right into it with the Premier League scores from this last weekend. One of, I think it was the first game of the weekend. Um, Leeds United, 10 man Leeds United steal a win at Man City, two to one. Um, it was maybe not a lot of people saw it because it was the early, early morning game, but Leeds took the lead right before the first half ended and then got a red card <laughs> in the 45th minute <laughs> in typical Leeds fashion. Man City had a hard time even scoring in the second half. They didn't score till the 76th minute. So it looked like either Man City were going to score two quick ones and win like they do, or it was going to be a 1-1 draw. Um, which Leeds would have been happy with. But then in the 90th minute, Leeds had a breakaway uh, and scored in, in the 90th minute to take a win against the best team in the league with 10 men. It was incredible. Yeah, Leeds is a – they're a tricky team to beat for sure. It's never really a guaranteed, and I think they showed that. Uh I actually saw a graphic. I sent this graphic to you too and saying, <laughs> I think Manchester United can still win the Premier League if Man City, I think, is it loses to, to lose against Chelsea? Yeah. And some very other very specific yeah. things. Hey, and we still have a shot, is all I'm saying. And, so. and Manchester United have to win out. Yeah. Which, again, very hard to do, especially with that team, it seems like. But we still have a chance. So. Hold hey, on Man, to it. If uh, Man City keeps doing this, maybe you do have yeah. a chance. But yeah, I was watching some of this game, and it was pretty crazy how love... Leeds just came back. It's crazy. I love having Leeds in the Premier League, especially yeah. like Bielsa, because he oh, plays yes. like he plays like no has his team play like no other manager, mm -hmm. and it's just it's chaos. For 90 straight 90 straight minutes that you never know yeah. what is gonna his happen. his training sessions are like out of control like i think i read somewhere that he plays this game where it's like no rules no out of bounds no nothing and you have I've to keep moving that. yeah so he is a great manager and he's had success too so i think leads are happy to have him i think they're mid-table too so yeah i mean they're they did pretty well safe from relegation yeah. Which so. they should, especially once they start getting some of that Premier League money, they should be sticking yeah. around in the Premier League for, for a long time. Um, I'm excited. It was a anytime Man City lose, you know, me and Corey are happy. <laughs> that <laughs> so, is true. Yeah. This one was very special. And I don't know if you saw the end, but it was one of the most incredible sports calls, honestly, that I can remember. I forget who was even on the call. I wish I could credit him, but he said, um, and basically 11 would-be champions are going to fall to 10 heroes from Leeds. it was incredible it was just, it was just an <laughs> incredible true. call yeah. um awesome. 
And then after that game, we had Liverpool, Aston Villa. There is no player that loves playing any team in the Premier League more than Ollie Watkins loves squaring up against Liverpool. <laughs> you are right. You, you asked. Right. You, mess- you messaged me and you said, "Why are Aston Villa so hard? So hard for Liverpool?" And I'm like, first of all, Ollie Watkins just loves scoring goals against us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of, we'll go to the first half. There's, Ollie Watkins scored in the 43rd minute. Uh, Liverpool should have scored uh, right before halftime, but of course, VAR, which we're going to get mm-hmm. more into this later, ruled it out on a basically a leg hair being offside. Um, so that was ridiculous. I was I was very unhappy heading into that halftime because that's been a, a common occurrence this year for Liverpool. But in the second half. We figured it out. Mo Salah scored, and then it looked like it was headed towards a 1-1 draw. <laughs> um, and then the man that everyone has loved to hate the last few weeks, Trent Alexander-Arnold, puts a beauty of a goal in the corner in the 90th minute to win it for Liverpool. Absolutely made my day, especially because it was Trent Alexander-Arnold that, uh, that scored it to maybe silence those haters a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I can't knock the goal. I mean, it was one heck of a goal for a right back, not a midfielder. I will point that out. But uh, yeah, you know, Liverpool just kept in it and they won. So pretty good result for you guys. Aston Villa, though, they are your guys' kryptonite, it feels. They, you, they give you the hardest time and you just can't seem to figure it out against them. But this time you did. Any team that's like, bottom half of the table seems to be the kryptonite this year yeah it's, I agree. it's, it's the beating bad teams that that we can't do it's it's really yeah. weird because i think it's definitely because those teams like to sit back and just try and defend for 90 minutes and against liverpool if you know how to defend it it's shown that you can do it um but this game felt more like the liverpool of last year honestly even mm-hmm. though it was a struggle at points it definitely felt like um, things were clicking uh, offensively. At least we just, we didn't get the goal till the last minute, but uh, it definitely felt like things were clicking finally, maybe a little bit, which we can talk about champions league from yesterday, (laughs) which was not clicking, but, um, but um, yeah, it felt really good. And that does bring, bring me to my point. You know me, you've been following me on Twitter for over a year. I've been clamoring that Alexander Arnold should move to the midfield. Mm-hmm. What do I see on Monday after the Premier League weekend? ESPN writer, boom, article up. Trent Alexander-Arnold should move to the midfield to capitalize on his strengths and focus <laughs> less on his weaknesses. Yeah, you uh, manifested it almost. That's crazy. I saw I'm, the I'm gonna, article. I'm going to keep speaking it into existence and hope that it happens one day. It will happen one day. I just don't know how long you will be manifesting it, though. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'll do it as long as I need to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, um, that's fine. The other Saturday game, really the only thing of note, in Chelsea 4, Crystal Palace 1, our American hero, Christian Pulisic, scoring 2. He's back. I mean, there's he's just so no back. question about it. He's back. If he is healthy, so he is one of their best players on the team. I think he's their most dangerous player going forward. Yeah. He he has the ability that not many people on that team have to be direct and just mm-hmm. go straight for goal and knows what he's trying to do. I think Mason yeah. Mount, I think Mason Mount can do that too. 
Yeah, Pulisic's just on a on a different level of it. Yeah, Kai Havertz is the same way. They have such a good like attacking midfield and mids with those three players, but it's kind of hard to fit them all into the team. Uh, being about uh, speaking about being direct, uh, Pulisic ha- was fouled eleven times against Porto, yeah. which I think was a record. It was the most. It was the most in Champions League since like Messi. Yeah, and it was like, like it's been like over ten years. <laughs> so. Yeah, so people really don't want to go up against him because he's just that good, and you just never know what he's going to do against you. So something yeah. to something to look forward to. Opposing players definitely know, hey, um, like this guy, he'll blaze by you if if oh, you yeah. like don't either get the ball or get him. So. Mm-hmm. And, and then that opens everything up for Chelsea. So I'm glad Thomas Tuchel is finally maybe seeing this. Yeah, I am uh, too. He's been he's been hesitant to see it at first, but I think mm-hmm. he sees it now. So I think he does. I think he'll still be a big part of the team going forward now too. I hope so. I hope it sticks that way, and I hope he he's if he doesn't barring injury i think he has basically cemented his place in that role that he's been playing these last two games because he's played it so well yeah he's been in that that attacking midfielder role and not exactly like a wide player which is i like him in the middle anyway Mm -hmm. um so it 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 benefits his play style perfectly to play there where he can be in the middle and create and everything yeah i i also agree i think he's better in the middle than out on the wing so now it's just the healthy. Stay healthy for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> and we will uh we'll see what can happen. And moving to Sunday's Premier League games now. Uh your Manchester United beat Tottenham 3 1. Uh, second half yeah. comeback. You know, like I said, we said last week. Yeah. Manchester United's thing is going down one zero and then scoring two or three and you win. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, it's just how it goes, you know. Uh who scored? Fred, Cavani, and Greenwood. So yep. no Rashford or uh Fernandez penalty. So that was kind of nice to see. And seeing some different goal scorers is always nice, especially for the team. But uh again, some VAR controversy in that game. Yeah. Uh the first goal should have been scored by Manchester United early in the game. Cavani ruled offside by a leg hair, much like Diogo Jota was in the Liverpool game. So it's a problem. We could do our, our larger VAR discussion now. Um, no other league has this problem Mm-mm. that that their Premier League does because no other league is overturning calls on millimeters of possible offsides, depending where yeah. you draw the line. I think yeah. there's, there's a couple of solutions. I think I'll throw mine out, and then you, I love your ideas, so you can throw okay. it out. Um, okay, cool. I'll throw mine out. My, mine is – if it is that close, as we've seen many, many times in the Premier League this year, they really need to rely on the you have to have enough evidence to overturn it when it's minimal, minimal. And if you draw the line, it's, it really just depends where you draw the line. But if you draw it any inch over the other way, that's not enough evidence. And at that point, you go with the call on the field and you also then have to tell your linesman, if you think it is offside at all, call it um, because we're going with your call first, only using VAR if needed, and it's clear that you were wrong. I think that's my solution. 
that it should only be used and it should only be overturned if it's very clear that the ref on the field got it wrong. They do it the same way in every other sport. If there's not enough evidence and it's not clear, we're not overturning it. And I think Premier League has gotten too much into splitting hairs and trying mm-hmm. to make the right call when really, when it's that close, just leave it with what was called on the field. Uh, that would be yeah. the best thing. Yeah. It just seems like no other league has the problem like the Premier League does. It's crazy that like I'll watch the MLS or the Bundesliga and th- we won't have this like millimeters of offside problem. So I don't know what they have to do. Uh, so my solution, uh, at f- first I have to start with saying my philosophy when it comes to referee is and sports is that I want the refs at their natural state. And by that, I mean, I am okay with them making mistakes because they are human and I like it because that's what they're out there for. That's what they're paid for. They go out there and make the calls that they deem is right or what they see. So my philosophy is that we implement VAR and the fact that we use it the same way in the NFL and in the NFL, coaches are allowed to challenge calls if they deem that it was wrong or if they deem that the referee made a mistake or something like that. So say, for instance, say, oh, perfect example, uh, a World Cup qualifier the other day for Portugal. I think Ronaldo, it went like one revolution over the line. So it was a goal, but there was no replay or VAR, so they counted it as a no goal, and I think Portugal might have won or ended up tying or something. So my philosophy is a a, uh, coach has a challenge flag. They throw it, referee stops play, does VAR check, they look back at it, they overturn it. Very simple. However, like in the NFL, there should only be certain calls you can overturn. So... With that being said, they also have to tweak the how many challenges you get and whatnot. So I, I like that. I, I have to see it in person, though, uh, for it to really convince me. I know it's kind of hard to do and kind of hard to implement, but I kind of want to see what it does. I think the so the NFL reviews every scoring play anyway. Yeah. So I think in soccer they would keep they would keep reviewing every scoring play. Um, but I do like the idea of a coach being able to say, "Hey, can you like check that? Um, mm-hmm. I want you to take a look at that." As opposed to just, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a it's not the system. VAR works. Yeah. Um, it works to like you said. I like having an official make the call and having VAR as a tool to help them if needed yeah but if it's so minimal you you just go with a call on the field um people will be it'll be fine (laughs) yeah i think it should be used strictly as a helper more than like a decider if you know what that means or if you know what i'm talking about like it should only be there a tool to help them not like oh i don't know what it was i'll have a computer decide it which again some people like it and the fact that they get every single call right but it's just it's 
makes it so tedious of a game to where it's like you you're getting calls ter- overturned by a millimeter it's like if that was just in its natural state i mean that's a goal you know so and let's be honest the computer doesn't even know if it's offside sometimes because it is yeah. so close and like i said if you draw the line one millimeter the other way which is possible on some of these calls like the diogo jota yeah. call in the liverpool game they drew it on his forearm yeah. Um, so if you're moving it actually to where the ball would be playable, which would have either been his knee or his shoulder, whichever was further forward, um, then it probably wasn't offside, which I think is another problem that, hey, even the computer is getting it wrong of uh, the people drawing the lines on these computers aren't drawing them in the correct places and the calls are getting screwed up because of it. Um, it just goes back to if it's not, they made this very clear, Premier League did when they implemented VAR. If it's not clear and obvious, we're not changing it. And here they are changing every call that's not clear and obvious. Yeah, I agree. So. It, it's it's a catch-21 or catch-22. What's the phrase? Yeah, I can't 22. remember. Yeah, 22. 22, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like it's good because we get the right calls, but it's bad because it just becomes so tedious and so millimeters in a game of centimeters. So, yeah, like and soccer is built on – you maybe one big chance is the winning chance for you and yeah. if the ref gets it wrong it's it's it it's could over. It has big implications so um with that we'll move into champions league in the middle of this week um chelsea lost 1-0 to porto but chelsea still moves on to the semifinals and one heck of a goal in that game yeah, My what a Porto. bike. Oh, I wish, I wish it wasn't kick. late in the game. Yeah. I wish that the, he would have been able to soak that in. Oh, it was a beautiful goal. One of the best I've seen this year so far. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, look it up. Porto against yeah. Chelsea. Um, Taremi, I, I don't want to mispronounce so, his name, but yeah. yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful bicycle kick goal that the goalie had no chance to get. Oh, no. He had, I don't even think he saw it coming. And now. And then the other game on Tuesday, which, by the way, uh, Chelsea-Porto game, I will mention, Pulisic won man of the match. Yep. He, As we said, uh, fouled 11 times. He also cre- had the most dribbles in the game. He had created the most chances. Um, incredible, incredible player that hopefully can keep it up, as we said, but we touched on that already. In the PSG-Bayern game, oh, man. If anyone, I'm telling you, I said last week during our episode, if you want to start getting into soccer or something, watch PSG Bayern highlights or even look, mm-hmm. go back and watch the full match replay. Same goes for this one. This game, The PSG Bayern games were just all out, uh, <laughs> like both teams, foot on the gas all game long. It was 1-0, but oh my gosh, it was an incredible uh, game that Neymar should have had a hat trick easily, no lie. Um, yeah. He had goal. He had very. He had. He hit one off the post. I know. He had another one that went off that the goalie barely got to. It was uh, Neymar could have had a hat trick, um, but it was an incredible, th- uh, incredible game. And PSG, I think. I think this is an upset, um, even without Lewandowski, which I know changed everything for Bayern. I think PSG, yeah. PSG advancing to the semifinals. I think that. Uh, that's a big that's a upset that uh i think not many people expected and another year where the champions league winner will not defend their title 
Yeah, uh, that's a matchup to where you see it in the quarterfinals. And you're like, all right, that's cool. But like that is a semifinal or a, even a finals matchup. As it was like, last year. Yeah, like you want to see those two teams battle it out in the actual championship final or the semifinal. But we get a treat and we get to see them in the quarters. So, yeah, those two teams just have so much firepower, especially in the offense to where you're, they might score eight goals between them or they could score one goal but have 20 shots each so they're pretty good and they're even good defensively too so yeah those are two really good teams especially if you're kind of new to soccer to maybe keep your eye out on and maybe to watch to get to get excited about the game so i'm big on expected goals it's like i know it's an analytic stat yeah um PSG didn't score in this game, but they had 1.56 expected goals, which usually translate to translates to at least two in the game. Um, Neymar specifically, I'm trying to find how many he had. He had 1.39 expected goals, just him. So um, as you might hear my dog in the background, I'm not sure. Um, but um, Neymar was incredible this game and i think it's very easy for people to overlook him now because he's on the same team with mbappe and mbappe's the great young player in the world but neymar looked incredible this game and he was always finding the pass to get guys open and get guys on goal like i said he could have had a hat trick with the chances he was getting he just wasn't lucky enough to even get one uh, but he was incredible. He's another guy that if he stays healthy, uh, he's a top five player in the world, I think, easily. And yeah. he's been in that discussion. I just think it, I think people forget about him because he hasn't went up to the standards of Messi and Ronaldo, which yeah. no, no one reaches that. No, I don't think anyone will. And they'll come close, but I just don't see anyone playing right now to be – considered like Messi or Ronaldo Neymar is good and Neymar uh, is being overlooked do you think it's because he is on his own or and then when people noticed him he was with Messi so people a lot more people saw him or do you think maybe his quality has gone down just a hair to where people don't really realize him I don't think his quality has gone down um okay. like i said watching him yeah like this game just everything was flowing through him and he was putting passes exactly where he wanted them right whenever the player wanted them but um <clears throat> i think it's i think it is part of playing for psg like the only time most soccer fans are going to watch psg is the champions league yeah uh, and he's been hurt in a lot of champions league uh champions league games so that has hurt him um, because not many people are going to watch not the casual American soccer fan is not going to watch league on a Saturday or Sunday and watch yeah. PSG. Um, but I think if he played back in La Liga or even in the premier league, I think people, I think people would be blown away by how mm -hmm. good he is. Personally, I think it is more of him being on PSG, which he gets, he gets his attention in the champions league which is good yeah um but um he he doesn't get as much in the domestic league as he would in premier league or back in la liga okay yeah i agree with that point too i just think if he was in 
back in La Liga or Premier League, I think people would be definitely looking at him as a top five player because he has the talent to be the top five, if not one of the best in the world at the time. But yeah. And so we'll move on to yesterday's uh, Champions League games. And by yesterday, I mean Wednesday because we're recording this on Thursday. Man City ripped our hearts out. Corey, yeah, we had hopes. We did. This is what we talked about. A little tease here for uh, the interview. Uh, soccer is is a brutal sport. Uh, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll, it it'll giveth and taketh away. Even when your team's not playing. Um, Dortmund took the lead 1-0 early against Man City. And if the game would have stayed 1-0, which we probably shouldn't have expected anyway because no, it's Man City. There's no way. Um, Dortmund took the lead 1-0, and if they would have held to win 1-0, they would have advanced to the semifinals. Man City, although, ended up scoring two goals in the second half, winning 2-1. They're on to the semifinals, and it hurt both our souls. Yeah, I got to watch it after the Dortmund goal, and I think from that moment on, I think I want to say it was around the 30th minute I started watching. From the 30th minute to the final whistle, Man City absolutely dominated it. I mean, they are putting just so much pressure. I don't know how many shots Dortmund got off, if they got off any. I think they had probably two or three while I watched, but Man City can just pass, can dribble, can create chances like no other. And I like Dortmund. I do. I just don't think that was ever going to happen. I think, no. yeah, Man City was just caught sleeping the first game, and they got caught sleeping the start of the second but man city just was no match dortmund is having a tough year anyway Um, yeah it the defense is bad they have a new manager on the way after this season that they're trying to sort out so dortmund has their problems um they probably won't be in champions league next year i heard that yeah uh i'll be saving a spot right next to me liverpool (laughs) um for dortmund so really it's just a case of um now I hope Man City loses in the semifinals. Um yeah. they play Real Madrid, uh which we can move on to Liverpool Real Madrid. Real Madrid no, no, they do not play Real Madrid, they play PSG. So yes, that's a, thinking that they did. A, yeah. That's a juicy uh, that's a juicy semifinal. Yeah, that would be a good one. Real Madrid knocks out Liverpool yesterday, 0-0 draw, but because Real Madrid won 3-1 the first game, uh, Real Madrid will go on. And Real Madrid will play Chelsea. So we've got Real Madrid and Chelsea in the semifinal. And um, Man City and PSG in the other semifinal, which Man City PSG is going to be much, I think, like Bayern PSG. Oh, it will. Yeah. And the fact that both teams are going to be going like full throttle trying to score. I hope I hope I want this now that Liverpool is out. I want this to be PSG's year where Neymar gets one away from Messi and Mbappe gets his first Champions League title. That's what I'm rooting for. I don't know about yeah. you. Uh, or, yeah. A, or a Polisic Champions League title. Yeah. Yeah, that's about the only two scenarios I'd want to. I kind of want uh, our boy Christian to get one. Maybe even score the game winner. That would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah. uh, Zach Steffen on Man City, that would be kind of nice. Just get one. But, again, that's Man City winning, though, and no one likes that. Um, 
quick question. Are you surprised with Real Madrid's success without Ronaldo? Um, I would say n- probably not because the first two years without him in Champions League were not good for Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, they went out kind of early at, for their standards. I think they are at a point now where, especially with Zidane back, everyone knows that guy. If Zidane is your manager, you're probably going to be playing in finals. Yeah. Uh, so he finds a way to like get his team through in these tournament style matches. So I would say probably I definitely was. They still have so much quality on that team. Yeah. Um, Benzema can score goals with the best of them. Tony Cruz is one of the best midfielders in the world. So is Modric. Casemiro is – he'll stop anybody that comes in his area. So I'm not exactly surprised Mm -hmm. to see them doing this well, especially once Zidane came back. Yeah. I think their first two years were kind of like, what do we do now? What kind of soccer do we want to play without Ronaldo? And then I think they're starting to like click to where, all right, this is how we play. This is who we're going to go to. Benzema, I will be say he is on fire this year. He, I can't remember how many goals he scored within the amount of games, but he has been on fire. He doesn't get talked about as much as Lewandowski and guys like Holland and Mbappe. He doesn't play as sexy of a game as those three. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get the the credit, um, but he's a, he's one of the most reliable goal scorers in the world that, you know, most games he's going to get you one, um, yeah. which is huge in soccer that to know that you probably have at least one goal on the board from your striker. So, yeah, I agree. So now we can move into this weekend, a absolutely packed slate of games um games to watch this weekend i can throw out a couple and you can too Corey, if you want this weekend i'm going to start with premier league um saturday actually doesn't have that many of great games but uh friday tottenham everton a lot on the line there kind of two teams still battling for a spot in europe um yeah. that should be interesting uh, not really much going on. I guess I'll run it down. Saturday is Newcastle, West Ham, uh, Wolves, Sheffield, and Southampton. Crystal Palace was actually postponed, so that one won't be played. But Sunday, it's Arsenal, Fulham, and your Manchester United have Burnley. We'll and see on about Monday, that one. Yeah. On Monday, Liverpool have uh, Leeds, which should be a great one. That, yeah. The first game between those two this year was uh, 3-2, I think. It was the first yeah, game Yeah, I think of the year. it was a pretty good one, yeah. I remember that. The, very first game of the Premier League this season. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was very fun to watch. So hopefully they can put on a show and Liverpool will win. Yeah. Um, but my Premier League games to watch would be Tottenham Everton on Friday and Liverpool Leeds on yeah. Monday. I don't know if you have any differences there. No, I think that's my answer too. I think those are the two of the better games. Uh, watch out for Burnley on the upset to Man U because they Manchester just always struggles with them. I think that's our Aston Villa. So I will say um, if you're looking for a game on Saturday in Germany, 830 Borussia München against Frankfurt. That'll be a good one. 830 in the morning. Um, And so, but the huge slate of games this weekend, as we know, Corey, as we talked to our guest about 
mm-hmm. starts MLS starts this weekend. Um, you can jump in the league now, get a fresh start on a new season and see what the league is all about. I will tell you the Friday game is one of the late Friday game. Excuse me. Holy cow. The late Friday game between um, Seattle and Minnesota should be a very good one. Uh, Seattle pulled off one of the best comebacks, probably in MLS playoff history against Minnesota last year. Yes, they did. Um, So which really hurt because I had money on Minnesota, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but it was, uh, it was incredible props to them. That's the Friday eight 30 central game. So that will be one to watch. I'm pretty sure that one is on FS1 or Fox. So let me check for a minute. But that should be a really good one to watch. And then there's a full slate of games on Saturday that I can get to here in a second. Yeah. Pretty excited for that Seattle-Minnesota game. Two pretty good teams, especially last year with what happened. I think they're out for a nice revenge game. It'll be a good one. It's actually, yep, I was right. It's on Fox Sports 1 at 8.30 Central on Friday. So that should be a really good one. The league is going to kick off with Houston-San Jose uh, at 7 o'clock, but that's not the marquee matchup of the night. No. But still watch it if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Saturday, there's a lot of games to look forward to. Yes, there is. Uh, Is there any that you have on your mind that you're looking at right away here? Uh, Yeah, Orlando City, Atlanta, United will be a good one some firepower there uh lafc opens up with new expansion team austin fc that'll Matthew be a good McConaughey, one mcconaughey part owner if yep, you're interested yep. did an interview well, on uh, sports center yesterday yeah will ferrell is actually a big part of lafc too so two celebrities backing their teams this weekend um nashville against cincinnati will be a good one that's a bit of a rivalry it's funny you mentioned all three that i was uh oh, yeah. gonna mention. Um, nashville cincinnati a lot of people think nashville cincinnati might be a bad one but um cincinnati made some impressive signings in the offseason to try and improve their weaknesses they brought in brenner who's a yes. brazilian who's a brazilian who had attention from the rest of the world yeah not just mls and he and he's at cincinnati so and they also brought in uh, Luciano Acosta, who has been in the MLS before. He was out of the, he was in a different league last year, but he's back in MLS, and he should be a good creator for them too. They could not score goals last year, so those two should help them. Um, and I think they'll be a much improved team. I know a lot, not a lot of people have hopes for them. I think they'll be better than last year, which is not saying much. And Nashville is a joined the league last year made the playoffs in their first year in the league so they are a good yeah. team so that that's a that's a great one to watch yep i'll be probably watching that one for sure especially yep. since it's the late game i could probably watch it and then uh moving into sunday there's some more more great mls games yeah uh, this is a stacked schedule on sunday yeah um, i think th- these are some of the best games too three of yeah. all three of these miami Again, enter Miami against the LA Galaxy. Galaxy might not be the greatest this year, but they always have the star power, of course, with yeah. Chicharito. And uh, they have Greg Vanny, their new head coach, who was with yeah. Toronto, who is very successful. So if they very. can, if they can uh, get some of that going, maybe they'll be a good team. But Miami, of course, has uh, Iguane, uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, Blaze Matuidi, some very solid players, and they're looking to uh improve on last year too yeah 
Uh, I think some people kind of looked at them as a disappointment, especially with all the firepower that they had. But I think they'll start clicking a little bit more this season. I think we could probably look at them being a lot better than last year and maybe a team that can make some noise in the league. And then the 430 Central game on Sunday is Columbus Crew against Philadelphia Union. What many, many people are picking the crew to repeat as MLS champions, which is very, very hard to do. Um, yes. And Philadelphia should be a still a very, very good team. Both these teams are still in CONCACAF Champions League, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams advanced to the quarterfinals. So, but this should be a really good game. A lot of firepower in this game, too. Some people are even picking Giassi Zardes to win, uh, to win the Golden Boot in MLS. And he is, well uh, of course, yeah. a, on the Columbus crew. So, and they have uh, an MVP candidate too, and Lucas Zellerion. So <laughs> the crew are, <laughs> the crew are really good, but so are the Union. So that should be a really good game on Sunday. And then it wraps up this weekend with Vancouver and Portland at nine o'clock Central. Yeah, it's like I said, just three really good games. Uh, Columbus Crew. Uh, It's hard. It is hard to repeat in the MLS, but I think they have a chance. They kept most of their team and I think added a couple more players. So uh, I would look out for Columbus probably being in the cup again. You know, this is our first episode before the MLS season or last, I will say the season preview, basically. Um, Do you have a pick for MLS cup? Oh man. I, I, I tell you what, I'll let you go first. You got one? All right. I think I do. Um, I'm riding the uh, LAFC train. Oh, just yeah. Because they, they've been a really good team ever since they came in the league. Uh, if you look at the record last year, it wasn't the best. But, I mean, there was some injuries there. It was, of course, the shortened season. Yeah. But the talent on this team is second to none <laughs> in the whole league, especially when you have the best player. So I'm rolling with LAFC. And um, out of, if I had to pick an opponent that they beat out of the East at this point, I think, I, I think I still got to, I think I got to go with Columbus to get back there. Um, so that would be that uh, right now. My, my MLS cup prediction would be LAFC against Columbus with LAFC winning. Okay. Which, by the way, would be an incredibly entertaining MLS. Oh, cup yeah, final. For sure. I, I would watch that and a heartbeat for sure. So I think I got mine now and going to be out of the East. I, th- I think Atlanta United is going to do it. I know they had a rough year and some injuries and some terrible coaching, but I think they're going to bounce yeah. back in the East and I'm going to put them. I think they're going to make a run and a team who I can never count out a team who looks like they might not make the playoffs and they sneak in and then they make a big run. And that is the Seattle Sounders. And I I love the team. They have a great team around them. And I just think they're going to make another run this year. So I think it'll be Sounders over Atlanta. I think for the cup. Yeah. It's a big one. Uh, It is. Yeah. They do find a way to win though. In those playoff situations, if they get in, them in Portland, you you don't want to face in the playoffs because no, they always find a way. Yeah. There's always that one team in the playoff to where if they're a one seed or an eight seed, whatever seed they are, you just don't want to play them because they just find ways to win, and that is Seattle in a nutshell. Yeah, so with that, we'll wrap up this portion of the episode, but stick around because we have 
an incredible interview with the voice behind USMNT underscore thoughts on Twitter, popular page, and a new movement called uh, Unite to Watch, which me and you were both super excited about. Yes. And I'm going to be watching a ton, ton of MLS this year. And uh, I think you probably will be too. So, um, so we'll throw it to that interview. Thanks for listening. And uh, go ahead and like and subscribe on all those podcasting platforms if you like what we're doing. We really appreciate it. All right. Uh, the Soccer Academy, our first interview. Uh, he doesn't know it, but he is. Vince Maduri. <laughs> Vince, you are the voice behind the ever so popular American soccer account, USMNT Thoughts, as well as a new account called Unite to Watch, which is the reason you're on here, because I think it's a great concept. Um, but can you tell us about um, what Unite to Watch is? Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. And am I your first guest? Did I hear that? You right? are. You are. Oh brand new pod- we, we want to be open. You work perfectly, actually, because it's a podcast open to um, basically people trying to get into the game as well as people that are uh, diehard fans. So we thought, you know, your your mission, what you're trying to accomplish goes perfect with that. All right. Well, well, I'll have to bring the heat now that I know I'm the, I'm the <laughs> yeah. first one, man. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, what Unite to Watch is is essentially just a, uh, a grassroots campaign that we've started to try to try to promote um, the domestic game and all the domestic leagues. You know, we're our our soccer um, fandom is very siloed and fragmented, and and we can kind of get into that, but. The goal um, is to support our, our local leagues and and uh, and unite to watch the these games and and boost television ratings and therefore the revenue that goes into the sport here. I actually remember the tweet you made. I hadn't followed you yet. Your USMNT thoughts account. I hadn't followed you yet, but the tweet came up on my feed. The original tweet, which was basically, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was basically, hey, there's millions of soccer fans in America what if we all get together and actually support this league we have here? Is that like, right? What I'm saying, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems simple and obvious, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but essentially we, what I mean is we, we have an estimated 24 million soccer fans in the United States. Um, the, the problem is it's extremely fragmented versus other sports. You know, you think about the NBA, you have 30 team options, essentially, if you're a basketball fan to watch it at the highest level. Um, to watch the professional game in in soccer you have so many leagues hundreds of leagues hundreds of options in in europe you have uh you have the bundesliga you have the premier league you you have um syria etc etc the champions league which kind of brings them all together um and then some people in in the united states watch liga mechis and and some watch mls some watch the nwsl um, some only, we, we haven't even talked about this yet, but some only watch the international game every four years. They tune in for the world cup and then they go away for three years. So it's, it's just extremely fragmented. We have, uh, the sport is, is popular in this country, but the problem is it doesn't translate into television ratings because we're so siloed in the way that we consume the sport. One of the common arguments I hear and Corey, you can jump in whenever, but one of the, one of the common arguments I hear is it's just not as good of a product why am I going to, why am I going to watch that whenever I can watch the best over in Europe? Of course there was champions league today. 
great CONCACAF Champions League as well today, but um, but is that argument is heard all the time, right? Yeah, and it is. And, and ultimately, like, I think it's a messaging issue for MLS, to be honest with you. If, if the goal is to have a, a competing product to the Premier League, you're, you're not going to have that yeah. for decades, if, if ever, to be, they have a hundred year head start. The problem is, is, is that if you're trying to say, oh, I'm trying to compete with the European top five leagues, MLS, anybody that's a knowledgeable soccer fan, you're, you're not going to watch MLS and say it's on par with the top end of those leagues. But that doesn't mean it's a bad product. And I think that, that we kind of need to get away from that stigma. And I say this a lot on my Twitter account of like saying that it's, it's either or. It either has to be the Premier League or it's a bad product. That's not the case. You know, where, where are you guys, you know, based on if you, if, if you sh- don't mind sharing that with your audience, I'm not positive. Yeah. Yeah. But... Go ahead, Corey. You can go ahead if you want to first. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from around probably like a Midwest Illinois, like real central small town. Uh, okay. So for me growing up with soccer, I didn't start actually watching until probably I'd say sixth grade. And even then it was like, uh, it's just on TV. Like I'll just turn on, but, and then I really just started falling in love with it. But in my hometown, it's, it's not a forgotten sport, but it's just not as popular. So I just never grew up with it being in my family or within my friends and whatnot. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're all Americans. I'm guessing you guys watch the NFL, right? Yeah. Do you watch college football? (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's my, yeah. argu- I know what argument you're going for. And I, yep, I make the same one. Yep. <laughs> it, it's the, it's the same thing, right? Like nobody's going to argue that college football is a better product, but I mean, you, you said you grew up in, in rural Illinois. That's, that's Mac country. I mean, nobody's mm-hmm. going to say that even the Mac is the best quality product of college football, but so yeah. many people watch it because it's an action, man. It's, it's, it's entertaining yeah. in its own way. It's a fun product. And, and it has an audience and it has a time slot during football season where people know to tune into the Mac in the middle of the week. And I just think it's a messaging issue from MLS's standpoint of what is MLS? What, what does it bring? What entertainment value does it bring? What is the, what is the purpose of it in the American soccer landscape? And I think if they get that messaging right, they, they'd have a, a, a better selling point. Yeah, going like, along with that, what – if you had to pitch it to a new fan, what would you say makes the MLS more exciting than the European leagues or just as exciting? Like what was, what's something you could tell them that can maybe draw them in draw them in. There, there are two things that, that draw me to MLS and have for, for over a decade now. Um, one is the parody concept and MLS is good about talking about that. You know, if you watch the Bundesliga, you generally know Bayern Munich's going to win nine times out of 10. Um, I actually think this is their ninth straight title. Am I remembering that, that right? Yeah. It's around so, there, so, yeah. so literally <laughs> nine out of 10 times Bundesliga, <laughs> Bayern Munich has won the Bundesliga. Um, in MLS, it's just not like that. It is a parody driven league that's polarized on American soccer Twitter. We, we I was just having a conversation um, yesterday with with somebody that I, I uh, talk to basically every single day on Twitter. And we were kind of going back and forth about is parody a good thing or not? I think parody is is fundamental to the American identity. Um, and, and I think that it's really important that MLS has that concept in mind. Because if you think about why, why American sports fans watch, right? Like 
we have this American dream mentality of, oh, if we do it right, you know, there's that hope at the end of the day that we can win a championship. You know, the Cubs didn't win a championship for over 100 years, but there was always next year, right? You hear that. Oh, well, there's always next year. There's always next year. Ipswich in England, there is no next year. <laughs> you're, you're never winning the Premier League. I can tell you that <laughs> definitively. Ipswich will never win the Premier League. It will never win the Champions League. But they still have fans that tune out all the time. Why is that? It's, it's because it's just a different culture. There's, you have uh, Ipswich is basically rooted in community um, and, and classism is a little bit more accepted there versus uh, in the U.S. where this concept of the American dream and, and moving up and being able to accomplish anything that you put your mind to. In England, anybody can say, I definitively will never be the king of England. I, it's not happening. I was born and I will never be the king of England. In the U.S., we can say, hey, if I do the right things, it's possible at least there's some chance that I become president of the United States, even if it is unlikely, but there's I'm, still that hope. I'm really glad you, uh, glad you brought up the parody aspect, which I knew we would talk about eventually, but there's a constant argument on MLS soccer Twitter of we should abolish this, the abolish the salary cap, move to promotion relegation. And to me, right. that gets rid of what the league is in the essence of, like you said, the ability to to keep it competitive every year and you don't know who's going to win like columbus won last year they have a great team heading into this year but who knows like there's yeah. there's surprise teams every year and abolishing things like the salary cap takes away from what mls is it also goes back to what you said before of mls has to know what they are to really grow in the country and get more viewers that's right. And, and honestly, I have no problem with the salary cap. I wish that they would raise it and I wish that they would institute a salary floor. Yeah, um, that If they did that, then at, that would actually increase parity. It, it, that's statistically proven to increase parity because you're forcing some of the teams that, that want to operate on a budget to basically pony up and, and join the fight. Um, and I, I don't have any issue with it, but you're right. Like, I don't have any issue with the salary cap as it is. I think that that actually, it, it works well in the NBA and, and they've never really had an issue with it. Um, the players are, are compensated fairly. There's no problem. Um, and ultimately for the promotion relegation argument, um, it, it's an interesting wrinkle. I would have no problem with it being instituted, but folks that think it's a silver bullet it's it's just not <laughs> it would be great to see in the american landscape just because it would be unique but if if we think that one thing and by the way unite to watch and the television ratings thing that's not a silver bullet either it's it's just one issue that we're trying to tackle at a time here um and for promotion relegation for anybody that thinks it's it's just going to all of a sudden change the landscape completely and and rise u.s soccer above brazil that's it's just it's it's not based in re any type of reality. Yeah, a bit of a counter argument. Do you think that the English Premier League or the Bundesliga would be more exciting with a playoff system that the MLS has? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. It, it's and honestly, this is the thing with the parody thing. We're talking about it from our side on the American soccer landscape of oh, is parody a good thing or not? Meanwhile, Europe is trying to inject parity into their leagues. Yeah. And one of the ways to do that would be a playoff system, as you just said. And like, and especially in the championship league, which is a sort of minor league, a minor league 
to the Premier League, for those who don't know, they kind of have a playoff system, too, of the promotion playoff. So they, right. the top two teams advance automatically to the Premier League, and then the I think it's three next through four, six. Yeah. yeah, three. Yeah, so three, four of the next however many get to fight for that those last two spots. Yeah. So, and if you watch if you watch those games in the championship, honestly, that's like the most fun to yeah. watch um, when you're watching that league. Like that that yeah. league is 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 a decent league to watch, but the most fun you're you're gonna have yeah. is those, believe, those games in the playoff round. I believe they're played even on the biggest stage in England at the Wembley Stadium. Yeah, so are. it's great television, and I feel like the Premier League can benefit. It, it's hard for them to put that into their league now just because of their old-fashioned ways it would be very controversial but if they were to ever maybe inject that i would be interested to see what it would do for ratings and the fans approval so yeah i, I completely agree with yeah. that and i think i think we will see that at some point if not if not in the premier league i mean eventually they'll probably have some type of the european super league yeah. I, I, I would guess that they would have a playoff system for that yeah i believe so too and so um going back to unite to watch we haven't said it yet but of course mls does start this weekend starts friday um push back a little bit this year because of covid one uh mls wanted to get more fans in stands so pretty smart decision it looks like at the rate yep. people are getting <laughs> vaccinated so you kind of gave us the selling points on mls for people to start watching um for people who don't have a team, um, who are some exciting teams to watch this year? Oh man, putting me on the spot. Every yeah, I am. Year, I know I was. <laughs> every year I say, well, since they came in the league, which is just a couple, but LAFC is one of the one of the most fun teams to watch um, in the league. They're they're managed by the old U.S. Men's National Team coach Bob Bradley, and so for for national team fans, they'll remember Bob as a defensive, you know, uh, reactionary coach. And he's just not that yeah. <laughs> for LAFC at all. Um, they're extremely uh, proactive with the ball. They, they, uh, they, they move it around really quickly. And, and basically he's tried to create like the, the MLS version of Barcelona system and Carlos Vela is playing the, the messy role. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to watch. I, I went to a couple of those games, um, had the, had the, was lucky enough to go to El Trapico as they call it, LAFC versus LA Galaxy. And that is a pilgrimage type thing for any soccer fan in the U.S. You have to see that game live. It is so much fun. The energy is just is just crazy. Um, so LAFC's one. Atlanta United's going to be. Oh, go ahead. I'll add to the LAFC argument. If you're about superstars and you love watching great players, Carlos Vela is the okay. superstar. Uh, widely regarded as the best player in MLS. He shatters, shatters records. His, he didn't really have a healthy season last year and it was a short year anyway, but the year before he won MVP obviously, and he shattered records. So if you watch LAFC, Carlos Vela is, is very fun to watch. It it hurts me to say so as a U.S. men's national team, and he, he's obviously a a member of the Mexican national team. It it hurts me to say, but he is a fantastic player. A lot of fun to watch. And then you were going um, uh, to say Atlanta? Some, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Atlanta is going to be interesting to watch just this year because, um, you know, the, it's kind of a reclamation project. They, they came in guns blazing through their expansion year and second year, won MLS Cup. Um, 
you know, Tata Martino goes to manage the Mexican national team and they, they just make a really poor hiring decision as a coach. Um, we all kind of know how that turned out. They, they went downhill, um, didn't even make the playoffs last year. And yeah, so, and Joseph Martinez was hurt. And now, now he's back. Um, they've got a new coach that's cut from the same cloth as, as Tata, I think. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they come back. So that's another team I'm watching. Um, and for all the, the USMNT fans um, in the audience, New York Red Bulls are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. They got, a, they got Caden Clark and a bunch of young, young Nats that uh, we can keep an eye on. I'll throw my own in there. Um, I will say I think Orlando City uh, is going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. Uh, the signings they made, they play in attack. Uh, USMNT fans yet again, Chris Mueller. A uh, very promising young player, and he should take a step forward, I think, this year. So Orlando City, another very good one to watch. Very good fan base there as well. So, Yeah, that's, that's going to be a great team to watch, and that's a fun stadium to be at if you've ever been. I'll give probably one of the best stadiums to be in, and that's CenturyLink Field in Seattle for the Seattle Sounders. Uh, they always got pretty good offense going, and I think they'll keep it up. They're usually a top five, top ten playoff team, so hopefully they can keep it going. Yeah, spe speaking of pilgrimages for for any type of American soccer fan, Timber Sounders, that's another yeah. must must yes, see at is. some point. So you said you've you've been an MLS fan for over 10 years. Um, what do you think? Obviously, the league has grown in popularity and everything else. What do you think has worked for the MLS trying to grow? And what do you think hasn't worked? I know you said comparing to top five leagues is never going to work. It, it's not right. it just isn't going to work that way but i think there has been an emphasis lately on young players and realizing hey we can be we can be a really good feeder league kind of and people can yeah. really enjoy these players while they're here brendan aronson daryl dk is killing it at barnsley um yep. and all these different mls players um obviously alfonso davies is the one that brings highest of course but what do you think has worked with MLS I might have just said it but yeah no and, and that was actually the second selling point I wanted to touch on so that so thanks for bringing that up like ultimately if we can step back to the the college football comparison um, MLS has done this great job with their academy systems and they're embracing it recently specifically over the last 18 months or so where they're embracing promoting players from their academy system. The union have done a really good job at this. Red Bulls have done a great job at this historically. FC Dallas has done a great job of this. Um, and they're basically grooming kids that are locals. They grew up in the area um, or they grew up in the region or however, wherever they, you know, uh, it, they, the, the team pulls from for their academy. Um, and they, have a pathway to professional experience and now they're getting so good that european scouts have recognized it and they're able to sell them to those top quality leagues and and by the way those kids are having an instant impact the second they go over there look at brendan aronson he's lighting up the austrian bundesliga the second he gets off the plane he didn't become a good player overnight he was doing these things for philadelphia last year so it's just a great opportunity for American soccer fans to kind of pay attention. If you, if you like college football and you like soccer, you should like MLS. It's the exact same thing. That's it's the exact same comparison I've made for people who, who American soccer fans who don't want to watch MLS. I've, I've made that same argument that you bring up that I don't think it gets brought up enough, honestly, of 
you enjoy college football. You watch college football because you love football. College football is not as good as NFL. You brought this up. Same with college basketball, but we love March Madness. We love all of the uh, NCAA tournaments and everyone's teams. So it's a, it's a point that I think is great. And it's a point that we should really focus on that. Hey, we're not, we're not the premier league. We're not trying to be so, but support your local team and watch some great soccer while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. I understand MLS's dilemma of, of basically admitting their quote unquote minor league, but to me, college football is not minor league. It's just yeah. a different entertainment product. Um, and, and it, it I, I feel like they just need to basically better position themselves like that. Instead of saying it as minor league, just talk about the value that you bring. I think, I think it's just especially hard for Americans sometimes because we love to be the best. Yeah. <laughs> we love nothing more than to say we have the best basketball league in the world. We have the best baseball league in the world. We have the best and probably one of the only football leagues in the world. So that I think is where the average American struggles, but I am all behind your unite to watch movement. I'm I'll be watching a ton of MLS this year. Um, especially as, as Corey said, we both grew up in the same town, uh, Midwest rural Illinois closest city was St. Louis. So I'm personally super, super excited for St. Louis city to start. Um, nice. but, it's never too early to hop on the train. I've been watching MLS the past few years and more and more as, as the years go on. And it is a great product. So people should know that. Yeah, for sure. And, and ultimately like, it's just going to be a really fun season. There's a, there's a bunch of good teams this year. Um, if you're, if you haven't tuned into the league yet, this is a great year to jump in just because there's a lot of, a lot of good talent, um, a lot of good attacking talent specifically. And, and a lot of good national team talent. And by the way, that whole American conquering the world thing, we don't have to get rid of that just because we're admitting MLS is college football. We can translate it to the national team. Our goal as a national team is to win a World Cup. Make no mistake about that. I don't know if it's going to happen in 2026 and, and like our goal is at this point, but it's going to happen eventually. And the way that it happens is by supporting our domestic leagues and, and letting the kids from the academy get the best support that they possibly can get. So we're only going to be able to do that by translating it into revenue for the clubs. I do think it's absolutely very important to say by supporting on television, increasing ratings and everything, you are helping the league by yep. TV ratings. That brings more money and media deals and everything that goes along with it. So it's very important to say that, yeah, watching on TV helps a lot. Yep, absolutely. That's that's what moves the needle in sports in 2021. Gate revenue can only go so far. So so support your support your leagues by watching those national broadcasts. Show the media execs that we exist that we exist, um, and therefore we can we can make them pony up and and uh, and fund these academy systems a little bit better. I do want to say too, um, you can do both. I love the Premier League. I love Champions League, um, and I also love the MLS. So you can you can do both and, and it go, it can fuse perfectly together. So as most, a lot of American soccer fans are fans of all, all the, all the soccer that you mentioned before. So, yeah. Um, are you, what about you? Do you have any teams, Vince? I know we haven't asked, but any soccer teams yourself? I follow it all. I mean, obviously the national team is my, is my number one. So anything that, uh, that, that translates back into the national team I'll root for. Um, but just historically anyways, I, I, I've, really got into soccer um you know it, basically between 2006 and 2010 
And um, if you if you kind of know your soccer history, that's right when Lionel Messi was coming to coming up. So ultimately, that's that's really what kind of um, made me fall in love. That and the Landon Donovan goal in 2010. Um, so I, oh, that all those things, the national team is what really speaks to me and my identity. But man, how can you not watch Messi in Barcelona in those glory days and not not fall in love with the sport? It's impossible. Yeah, one of the few players who can do the things he does and still at the age he is. So I, I know there's probably a lot of fans who have the same story as you. So uh, completely understood. Vince, um, I can't thank you enough for hopping on here uh, to talk some MLS. Maybe throughout the year, you know, we should have you on again to talk some MLS in the middle of the season, kind of see how things are going, of course, talk some MLS. I'd like that. Yeah. Have me back anytime. Again, for first guest, I'm honored and uh, hope it's not the last time I join you guys. Absolutely. I will. We'll plug it again at unite to watch and at USMNT underscore thoughts on Twitter. Great follows both of them. And I'll be watching MLS this year. Uh, so hopefully a lot of people can join us and we can really start supporting this great league we have in our country. Great. Thanks guys. Yep. Yeah, thanks Vince.